Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Hey, I'm Mitch. And I'm Greg. And this is Side Note, a podcast where every episode we tell stories about and then debate a controversial topic. And then we research and splice in all the science and mind blowing information throughout so you are entertained while simultaneously learning. Today's Side Notes will be presented by me, Greg, and Rachel. Hey, friends, let's get into it. Today, we're talking about stress. We start out with some stories of our most stressful moments in life, like when Greg was a high school teacher in England with the craziest classroom ever, while I reminisce about traveling through Bangladesh and having a moment where I honestly thought we were going to die. And in the second half of the podcast, we go off on stress and how bad it is for you, and then give you our top six tips for dealing with stress and anxiety. Hello, Mitchell. We are going to sound nasally today. As always. Oh my gosh, Mitch is... How long have you been sick? Two weeks now? No, like a month. A month? (laughs) But uh, constantly it's a different sickness, but some type of cold. But now I was finally getting over it, and now my throat is swollen. Do you think we're just giving it back and forth to each other until the end of time? I think we're like transferring it through our dog, Ernie. Like we kiss him and snuggle him. and then Oh my God. Are you serious? I think that's what's happening. Is it because I make up with Ernie every day? And you make up with Ernie every day? He got sick too. Our dog, Ernie, was sick. It just runs in the family. Why are we always sick? literally disgusting and what is it causing us stress something we're talking about today because we're trying to do work and it's just oh it's so hard do you have a comment that's maybe nice and gonna bring us fill us with joy sort of yeah comment okay so this is from at alex e darko his name is paul on twitter uh, and he said, hashtag side note podcast is again on point. It's so important to talk about grinders so openly and to call out the racism and vile words that are ubiquitous on there. As someone who struggled with their weight all their life, the amount of abuse I've had on grinder is vile. Oh, he actually God. sent a couple other tweets as well, but I just I'll start with there. You guys can always check it out by using the hashtag. Yeah, because you um, weren't in the grinder episode. Did you, you I was did not, you listen and agree? I didn't listen to it. No, I'm joking. I listened oh to my it. God. Uh yeah, a lot of interesting points. Like I had different perspectives and kinda like you guys, kinda bounced between between the two but verse as well what you were verse as oh, well yeah, verse um uh yeah no it was definitely there are some pretty vile words and thoughts that get spread around grinder and it is weird to me that like at least for so long maybe not anymore that was just like acceptable to have categories of what you're interested in based on race based on body type based on those things uh, so yeah, I mean, it's pretty intense. Yeah, the queer and like especially like gay male community from an outsider. If you're not in it, you're probably like, oh, 
they all get along. Everything's fine. But when you're in it, you're like, there's so much interesting. Oh my gosh, my voice. Just like, I'm like, what virus is this? There's so many like idiosyncrasies of, you know, very damaging dark things. So it is good to talk about it in all communities. Oh, what did we learn this week? Okay, so I will go first. It's about stress, something that I think we are all feeling, right? The whole world, yes, right? Everyone. We evolved. At the end of the year is coming up too. So I feel like everyone starts reflecting on their year and going like, oh my God, I didn't do all the things I thought I was going to do this year and it's about to be another year so it's a very stressful time. I was I think. supposed to read 10 books and I'm panicking because I need to read four more but the one I'm reading is like 900 pages and I'm just like why did you do this to yourself? <laughs> so I've been like asking you to give me suggestions like of short books, books yeah. right? Like the new Stephen yeah. Hawking book. Yes, yes. Okay, so the thing I was learning about this week I find it so interesting. I read a lot of like these new science magazines we talk about all the time about how they literally induce stress in rats. So like when they're trying to study stress, they need to stress the rats out. And it's like, it's really, I mean, obviously awful, but in my head, I'm like, good, we need to do this for right. science. But sometimes you're like, if it was me, I'd be pissed. <laughs> I know. And I'm like, when I think about animal rights, like activists, I'm like, okay, I get like, why good they're thing they don't care about rats. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, some do. That's what I mean. Yeah, a lot of people yeah. do. And a lot of monkeys too. Anyways, off topic, but. What they would do is they stress them out by like giving them, you know, random scenarios, like blocking them in small spaces, giving like not giving them food. They're giving them a lot of food, stopping them from play. Then sometimes that night they'll do all the things they do during the day. Like anyways, they, they literally right. cause torture. Yeah, essentially it is torture. And it, like, it's supposed to mimic literally the way we sometimes live our lives, <laughs> which is insane. But they found this new thing. It's called neuritrin or neuritin mm -hmm. and essentially it's like there a lot of the times when we deal with stress and have depression we use antidepressants but there's this actual gene the neuritin gene which codes for a protein which they realize is so important in like the plasticity of our brain and when we're depressed like with these rats when they're chronically stressed this gene sort of decreases this protein decreases and so what they found is when they actually in the stressed rats were able to induce it uh, induce the neurotin gene and therefore this right. protein, their depression would decrease, their stress would decrease because it allowed their neurons in their brain to like regrow better. What? Yeah. And so it's sort of like they're thinking this could be a really good tactic because antidepressants don't work for a lot of people. It's only 30% of people where it actually makes them come out of their depression or anxiety. Wow. So now they're like, okay, there's this new gene, this new literal protein that in these rats that we've <laughs> ruined their lives, if we can actually induce this protein, it has like, it's having a remarkable effect. So it's just like an example of how stress is something that science is always trying to figure out and there's obviously therapies we want for it because here we are and it's it's a really detrimental thing i think we joke about being stressed all the time but i i don't think i have a mood disorder and so i know that there's a lot of people out there who have it a lot worse than we do mm -hmm. who re who rely on medication and science to help you know yeah, and and stressed that. rats mm -hmm. stress yes I mean, it's ironic you know, but in some ways that the rats are only stressed because of humans in the first place. And also, we are only stressed because of humans in the first place, too, because we've created a world in which we are meant to live up to things that are so difficult to live up to. And we're constantly told we have to work, work, work. It's just like humans are the problem here. Also, like <laughs> for humans and rats. I know. And I was reading about hunter gatherers. Again, I'm like obsessing over them because it's in this book I'm reading. And it's like they the amount of work that they did for the actual like whole foods that they got was like so minimal. Like they'd only work like three hours a day and they were so much healthier oh, than us. I need but that life. <laughs> I know. And we've created this crazy world where we work so much. We're stressed all the time and we don't even like People eat properly. Die from overworking. It's crazy. Okay. I'm going to tell you about a way that you can minimize your anxiety stress? and stress. Oh, give it to me, baby. Study that came out uh -huh, this month. Uh -huh. um, and it was Tetris. 
Tetris, allegedly, apparently, based on this study, is a great distraction for an anxious mind because it leads to something called a flow state. Like you get satisfied or a flow well, state? So oh, a flow state. For a flow state. So, so it's not exclusive to Tetris, the flow state, but it's a very uh, good way to get into a flow state, which means you're, you're really absorbed into something and you lose a sense of space and time, which ultimately results in less anxiety and stress. So a lot of people who play music or paint or when you, a lot of people who play video games in general, like you get into such a mindset that your brain kind of loses yeah i need that more tetris Um, and so it's actually one of the reasons why multitasking is so bad because your brain can never get into flow because you're constantly you're not getting deep enough into anything and so that's why our phones and social media can be Uh. such a distraction um and keep us anxious because you're never able, able to sort of escape that but what if i'm playing tetris on my phone that's okay yeah if you're not getting notifications and getting pulled what about snake Tetris no, is too yeah, hard. Any, any, well, it should be a game that's relatively takes takes a lot of your attention. Candy like, Crush? For Tetris, you're you're fully absorbed, yeah. right? Like it's a pretty heavy. And there's something task. so satisfying about that line, like de- like when you get the line and it decreases and goes away. That's like a stress relief. Yeah, absolutely. You're just like being being like um, minimizing. Another just another interesting tidbit about Tetris is that it's been used to reduce the impact of seeing something traumatic and help PTSD. What? So often I had I had read this anecdotally online but sometimes when a kid might see something really traumatic happen like they're like here accident, just play Tetris. They will literally give them a game to play just oh. to focus them on something else Wait, and right absorbing. after the event or yeah. like coping like, like right after, after. Oh but also God. it's been a promising treatment for PTSD patients as well and it also has been used to help reduce cravings in dieters. Whoa, Tetris, who just knew? Fully pulls your brain away from that thing that's probably yeah. distracting you and keeping your mind occupied and stressed. Anyway, sometimes so- I look at people on the bus, like when I'm like, you know, deep into my stressed out podcast about how democracy is dying and they're like <laughs> playing games on their phone. And I'm like, why are you wasting your time? But they're probably like, get off my back. I'm literally not stressed. You're learning about how like <laughs> climate change is ruining the world. Maybe you need to play some Tetris. Yes, truly. We should play some more Tetris. I really don't play Tetris ever. I hate that game, but maybe I should play Whoa, it. <laughs> that sounds like you're like I'm stressed and sick all the time. I hate Tetris. Yeah, truly. So, story time. Story time. Story time. Story time. We are talking all about stress today and stories that stress us out. And then later on, we're gonna have a little go off on stress and talk about some tactics and techniques for dealing with anxiety and stress. Yeah, so that will be interesting if you stick around until the other half of the podcast. But right now, we're gonna talk about some stories that had us really stressed out. Um, mine is actually a story that Greg and I experienced together i i think it is the most stressful experience i've ever had but i want to preface it with like in retrospect i love it it was amazing what because i don't want to like sound like i'm disparaging so remember we went to bangladesh maybe oh my god maybe maybe this was like bangladesh actually bangladesh um and and to india but we started in bangladesh and met with a handful of friends there. Uh, and, you know, the first couple signs of it being a stressful <laughs> trip were like, you know, going to the airport and then the girl being like, do you have relatives in Bangladesh? No, she said, are you guys journalists? <laughs> and we were like, no. And then she said, do you have family there? And we said, no. And she said, I've literally never <laughs> met anyone going to Bangladesh 
for fun. This was the flight attendant as we checked. Yeah, in. and I couldn't tell if she was being serious or not. Like we yeah, we took it like, in. We were like, "That's weird." Yeah, I was and, like, uh, okay. and like that can't be true. But Interesting. whatever. Um, next little sign was then we had to stop over in uh, I, I don't know Istanbul. Who, was it in Istanbul? Okay, yeah. so we're at this like major international hub of an airport, and we're like, "Oh, we didn't take out money. Like, let's go maybe go to one of those foreign exchange places and take out some money so we don't have to rely on uh, cards." We wanted might... the Bangladeshi currency. Yes, and. And then we went and asked, and they laughed in our face, like, why on earth would they carry that? No one's going there. <laughs> I know. Then we were like, okay, wait, there's enough signs that, like, I think we started to get nervous then. Yes. But we're like, okay, well, whatever. We at least have our friends there. So we arrived in Bangladesh. And we're both really excited. Like we are pretty good travelers. We've gone to some intense places before. And there was a guy on the on the flight who was like a British Bangladeshi man who was really nice. But he kind of saw us and came over yeah. like right as we were getting off and was like, "Okay, what's your deal? Like, why are you here?" Yeah, yeah, and we were like, "Oh, we're here just like for fun." And he was like, "Okay, come with me." And he kind of led us out so, like, of the, the plane. Stuff, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and he kind of gave. He didn't give us a warning. It wasn't like he was warning, but he was, he was just actually like, like "You are gonna, gonna love have, this. It's an amazing yeah. country. Just like." You know, brace yourself yes. for a very different experience than maybe what you would experience in other traveling countries. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and so our first experience landing in Bangladesh is that we get our bags. Not only are there already millions of mosquitoes biting us the second we arrive there, but we're like trying to figure out, okay, where do we actually get? Wait, what do you mean millions of mosquitoes? Don't you remember? Like the airport's kind of like outside where you get your bags. And oh, so there yeah. Were, like, a ton of bugs yeah, yeah there were lots of bugs. Yeah. yeah. And uh, no one was affected and we were just like, ah, yeah, so we were many. just yeah. like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> the, the like North Americans who were just like freaking out already. Um, oh, yeah, it was outside. Then we're like, hey, we have to get a have we go to this area but you forgot the quill wait what's the quill oh yeah, oh, yeah. okay so literally like the guy, immigration yeah the guy led us to immigration okay so the he, they're like you need to come to this place to sign into the country and there, there were kind of people who ran after us and grabbed us and pulled us to this literal table where this man very like stoic wise looking person opened up a big like harry potter like bound book <laughs> And took out a quill, yeah, like a no, literal no computer, <laughs> and wrote, like, grabbed our passports and wrote, like, Gregory Brown, like, yeah. HB, like, whatever my passport number was. And I remember thinking, like, if anything goes wrong, like, they're going to have to, like, come and, like, find the page that documents <laughs> that we were here. There were no computers. Sorry. I just thought that was an important, yeah. like, eye-opening experience. Like, yeah. No, yeah, I've like, never gone to a country where they wrote down you arrived Like, they're not going to be able to control F my name. My mom is <laughs> just going to have to hope things go okay. Okay. So now we're getting the cab. Now we're getting a cab. And, you know, there's language barriers. So we're, like, confused where to go in the first place. And finally, like, we're seeing some people get out and just go into cars. But then we find this little- Everyone was just- Just knew what to do. Yeah. yeah I think I, everyone knew. We we're just like okay we finally find this little booth and we're like we don't really know where we have to go right i think we have an address we had but we an have address no... but they were looking at it like no idea where yeah. this is and What's we were that? like wait what they're we like, didn't have internet it was called like either. love hotel <laughs> i was like wait it was called love hotel so they're like okay okay well we'll get you a cab driver just wait here and we see people coming and going like so much more than and us one and one guy goes um, are you here for cricket? <laughs> we're like, wait, no, what? They're like, oh, there's a cricket Definitely game. Definitely not. Yeah, they're just like, why are these two even, like white people here with like Canada backpacks and like glowing faces? Uh, so okay, finally the guy's like, okay, your ride's here. Walks us over to a car. It's like a very hectic, busy place. In Insane. The, place. the most densely populated city in the world, Dhaka. That's where yeah. we are, Dhaka, Bangladesh. Mm-hmm. And we put our bags into this car that they tell us to and get in. And who's driving the car? <laughs> But 
a like 14 year old child maybe even younger and his like friend who's sitting in the front who's seat who's probably 10 literally like <laughs> literally and we were like we just waited um, we just waited 40 minutes at a, what we thought was a taxi booth to be led to children like and <laughs> also we get in and there are no seatbelts in this car no. with these children and they're giggling yeah like, and I'm as like though we're being duped somehow but I was we're like, not but. are we being like trolled like is this a joke but then we look around and the chaos I'm like no yeah there's there's kids driving <laughs> <laughs> and so they start driving and it was honestly the scariest Scary. drive of so my life because they were full speeding like and no seatbelt full and speeding laughing really yeah. and also like also we're, we were like do you know where we we're going like love hotel and they kind of laugh in our faces and then just like keep driving I am going to explain to you what was happening to us in our bodies when we got into a cab driven by minors with no seatbelts. Essentially, we're going to explain what happens to us and to you when you're stressed. The visual information of our surroundings would be sent to our amygdalas, and this portion of the brain is what contributes to emotional processing. Then, if the amygdala perceives the danger, it will communicate this immediately to the hypothalamus. The hypothalamus acts as a command center. First, it activates the sympathetic nervous system by sending signals to the adrenal glands. This leads to the release of adrenaline, adrenal glands, adrenaline, get it, which increases heart rate and blood pressure, ensuring that the blood gets pushed to the muscles. Adrenaline, this chemical, also causes breathing to speed up and airways to open wider to ensure that the body is getting as much oxygen to the brain as possible to increase alertness and sharpen your senses. Lastly, adrenaline also causes the release of blood sugar and fats for an immediate supply of energy. This is all called the fight or flight response. And since Mitch and I both couldn't fight or flight our way out of this one, we had to just sit there staring at each other extremely stressed. Following that first surge of adrenaline, the hypothalamus then activates the hypothalamic pituitary adrenal axis, also simply known as the HPA axis. This system kicks in if danger persists and works to sustain the body's stress response by keeping the sympathetic nervous system activated and alert. So as we continued to be stressed, as we flew through the busy streets of Dhaka, again in a cab without seatbelts being driven by children who were giggling at us, our hypothalamuses would release CRH. That stands for corticotropin releasing hormone. This would then travel to our pituitary glands to release ACTH, which stands for adrenocorticotropic hormone. This hormone then travels to the adrenal glands, prompting the release of cortisol and keeping our bodies revved up and on high alert. We both remember this car ride so vividly, even though it was so long ago because of cortisol and all of these hormonal pathways in our body, making us super stressed, but also super alert. Only when we finally made it to the Love Hotel did our cortisol levels start to fall. Then our parasympathetic nervous system would kick in, dampening the stress response, which settles our body down. And this is also responsible for the opposite of fight or flight, which is rest and digest. Because we now felt safe and not stressed, due to this rest and digest response, we likely wanted to have a big meal and a big nap. And then I remember this made me feel... I love maps and I like, I'm like a spatially aware person. And I had Google street viewed prior mm. to going yeah. the hotel. 
And when we got near-ish to the hotel, according to them, they kind of looked at us they like meant, with no English, and we're just like, we so don't rad. know. It's around here somewhere. And yeah. I was like, oh, my God. Like, we've just driven we in could the be most anywhere. Dense, yeah. yeah like- <laughs> most, and I was just like, oh, my God. And I looked, and I had, like, that reflection in my head where I was like, that's, like, the corner and oh if we turn God, left, so it's right lucky. there. And then they turned left and we walked in and it was there. There. But it was like there also- There was that moment where I was like, we're just trapped in the middle of a city and have no way of figuring out where we are. We didn't have cell phones. Also, it's not oh it's not God. very set up. In, it's not a very well traveled place for tourists. So there wasn't even like Wi-Fi that we could just like go to a cafe or something. Like unlike India, which we went to later, was so much more clearly built around not built around, built but for like tourism. built for tourists. If you yeah. wanna go to India and have it feel like a relaxing vacation, go to Bangladesh first, yes. which is what we did, and then uh, arrive in India. We we actually went from Bangladesh to India on foot. Remember yeah. when we crossed that border? That was fascinating. Mm. One thing I will say, Bangladesh was fascinating. Oh, it was amazing. Once we found our friends. Well, even then though, like that whole first day of our experience there was so, it was amazing looking back, but it was so stressful. Like, oh my God. The city's just wild. Like there isn't the infrastructure that we're used to, but there's just millions of people walking in cars and vehicles everywhere. And it's so hectic when you're not used to it that we were like so lost and confused. And do you remember like at the end of the day, we need to like get to this boat because we were like going to travel to this area called like the Sunderbands, which is like a really cool mangrove giant forest. And th- there was we need to again speak about how nice Bangladesh was there was a man who literally took us around mm-hmm. every day and gave us a tour of Bangladesh and he said he just wanted to practice his yeah. English and as skeptical tourists we were like no this is for money he didn't want money yeah, he literally just wanted to hang out with us and show his beautiful country yeah and even everyone pra- was so, so kind nice to us. and actually he and we would like go into schools and the principals would meet with us and talk to us <laughs> it was like the coolest experience ever but he actually remember at one point he was like we need to get back to the hotel right now because it's about to be like rush, rush hour, hour yeah. and rush hour there is on foot rush hour and he was like if you are out you in the trampled. street <laughs> you will the flow of people will pull you in a direction potentially away from him mm-hmm. that you would be like literally lost. screwed because you wouldn't be able to turn left if the crowd was going right. right. And I remember walking yeah. back and thinking, wait, it's starting to get dense. Such we need to hurry up. Of seeing it happen. And yeah. I was just silently like head down walking and people were obviously also like, who is this like white Santa Claus boy? <laughs> and we're like, follow. It was crazy. Anyways, but now you're talking about going to the boat. So they go to the boat. We get in these, what are they, what would you call them? Like they're not the, per- uh, the people driving uh, them or they were, they were on a bike with a little, and we were behind them. Like a, what sitting. do you call that? It's not a tuk tuk. But, but that's what they call them in India because, but that's motorized. Okay. Yeah. A tuk but the person's actually biking us, biking us. Um, so we're in the middle of this like crazy traffic, trying to go to a port. We have no idea. Our friends are all in different. Like there's maybe like six of us, or maybe eight or something. Like. Yeah, eight so of we're us. all in different ones, two, getting, two, 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 getting like mixed. And our bags, Greg and I's backpacks were so big that we had to lean out of this like tuk tuk because we couldn't fit and it's like the most insane traffic I've ever seen when we were driving another like family was in a tuk tuk and it fell over and like a lady and her children fell out of it onto the street and I was like we're going to die like this is going to be the death of us and we don't know where we are we can't see we don't know if we're going to well, the right place well that was also when we started to have that same flow thing where I was like I can see these like freaking white people's heads who we know like, don't and lose then all sight of a sudden they would start to lose sight of them yeah. because there was I I'm not exaggerating that hundred, hundreds of thousands of vehicles and people and it, it, it it's working in their own way like the flow is moving in one direction but you're right people are falling the stakes were so and i remember looking at you and we had that moment where we were just like this is so we're, we just we're out of our control we're yeah. out of control like what just like we just have to 
we just don't have a choice really at this point. We and just I, have to go with you're it. You're right where I think that was maybe like one of the most stressful moments of our lives. Yeah, I felt very out of body. Yeah, and you you have you're like you said, no control, uncertainty. Um, I can't imagine my pit stains. Yeah, like, and it was so hot. Like everything about it. Like that's why I say, looking back, the country was amazing. We were safe. Like it was. I never felt my safety in terms of anything other than like the insane sheer madness of what would have but been it fine felt like for there everyone was, else. I but, felt like there were things out of my control because and getting you, lost in a country where you wouldn't be able to necessarily easily figure out where yeah, you were. But people were so kind and generous that they would help you. Yeah. But I was like the actual yeah infrastructure of this place is so unbelievable and what I mean not used to from like the most privileged part of Canada mm-hmm. that it was like it was like whether or not like no one's trying to dupe us here, but the flow of traffic is so insane that like something easily could happen mm. out of all of our control. Yeah. Um, but we got there. We, we got to the boat. There. I do feel like this story goes on forever. Like forever. I'm going to stop here because it yeah. was like a few days of it being we like really should intense. spread out our Bangladesh like stories throughout different podcasts because <laughs> they are fascinating. Yeah, it was one. Of the, it was probably the one of the most interesting, most trips memorable I've trip yeah. I've ever been on. The most fascinating place and honestly one thing i will say is that there is so many like there's such an industry there of the people who literally make all of our clothes mm-hmm. and there was a lot to learn about like the commodities that we use and it really taught me a lot about how the world sort of like utilizes other countries for whether for good or for bad like it was the most educational fascinating thing but in the world in terms of stress like you know <laughs> so we stressful. face we face like work stress but this was like real sort of like, like hunter-gatherer stress the in the moment thinking you might die, die. yeah <laughs> and also like having like the weirdest like constipation slash like the, the diet was really interesting too we can go through all aspects of science with this okay so my story i feel like i partook in that story a lot yeah, I that feel was like a duo that's story. always gonna be both of our stories it's both of our narratives it's just both of <laughs> it's our, our history histories our... <laughs> um so i'm gonna do mine really fast but mine's i have lots of stress stories and also lots of other stories about teaching so i was a teacher in a small mining town in the southern tip of the uk i've maybe talked about this before but this school again like 60 percent of the students parents had never worked it was a really interesting eye-opening experience for me for behavior mm-hmm. like bad behaved kids in canada were nothing compared to <laughs> bad behaved kids in britain like i'm like i it is not the sip and tea part of britain that you picture in the movies like this was <laughs> insane like i learned to love it but anyway it was crazy so on my first day as a teacher trying to like you know wide-eyed like i'm gonna change these kids lives like it was our first lesson and these were the oldest kids. They were in what would be the equivalent of grade 10. And I was like, okay, the first thing you always need to do is teach them about Bunsen burners because that's going to be a really important part of <laughs> science moving forward. Mm-hmm. That involves fire, might I add. So on the first day, they walked in and I had everything laid out, all the Bunsen burners, the matches, the lighters, and I could see their faces look at me like, okay, who is this guy, first of all? <laughs> Second of all, he thinks that he can give us lighters. You know what I mean? Like I was like so unaware of how bad it could be. I start trying to teach. No one's listening. And I realize there's people at the back who are literally just like using the lighters. And I probably within like, I start to get really stressed because I'm trying to like do my starter. Yeah, but then like I'm also like, like a group of kids <coughs> period, even when they're well behaved is difficult. Exactly. And I literally was speaking in a certain way. Like, you know, I have this idealized version and like the stress and the pit stain started to like really come on when I realized that they were like burning their lap. They were secretly burning their lab coats. Like, like at you, the back of class. At the back of class, you tie the back of your lab coat. There was like a kerfuffle. And so two of the like bullyish ones was like 
burning the lab coat of oh the one who was maybe the God. like less right like like it was like it was life is full of what ifs some awesome like what if ai could fold your laundry and some well less awesome like what if you have unexpected medical costs united healthcare can help get you covered with health protector guard fixed indemnity insurance plans they supplement your primary plan to help you manage out-of-pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what-ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. One size fits all seemed like a good idea for clothes. Nice dress. Uh, it's, a, it's a t-shirt. Until you tried it on. Same goes for your health care. That's why United Healthcare offers a variety of flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. So whether you're between jobs, coming off a parent's plan, or even missed open enrollment, you can find the plan that fits you best. Find out more about United Healthcare coverage at uh1.com. That's uh1.com. A mix of bullying and fire and all these things and everyone's like laughing and I'm like wait I immediately have to be like okay I'm so stressed but I have to figure out how to manage this so I have to like stop everything and they were so interesting and they actually in Britain divide their classes and and they like based on tests so because I'm a new teacher I would get level five which would be like the most problematic kids all in one class <laughs> so insane. I I slowly realized that they're all like these like hilariously like like bad kids. Like troublemaker kids. Like trouble kids. And they all now have lighters and they're burning things. So I stop things and I actually kind of get mad. That's my instinct. I'm like, what do I do? And I said that I was pissed. <laughs> I was like, I'm so pissed because I wanted to create an environment where we could learn, but right. now I realize I can't trust you, from you. Yeah. with fire. And pissed in the UK is like a word that is like actually really bad to say. Like they would say like other a words. Swear word. They would say other words that I don't even want to say on this podcast that wouldn't like be a big deal. Uh, like teachers wouldn't care, but then piss like, is really bad. And they told on me. They literally <laughs> told their other After teachers. they had lit fire in your class. Exactly. <laughs> so I was stressed about them. And then I had to deal with the stress of like a person coming and being like, these kids said that you swore. And then the next day I was so pissed. I was like, you told on me. I'm like, you literally <laughs> lit each other on fire. Anyways. I'm literally getting stressed uh, out about it now. Pissed. Still pissed. I'm still pissed. There it means drunk, but I think it also means something else. I don't know. I mean, we've already had a really long story, so I'm going to leave it at that. And I'm going to bring out these stories throughout. But those kids were really, they were the worst class ever, but I learned to freaking love them. They're all etched in my head so hard, especially the ones that started to burn people. <laughs> Stress can have us feeling all kinds of ways. Be it angry, sad, irritable, frustrated, even scared. And different people have different responses to stress. Stress hormones acting on the brain can increase aggression, but this isn't the case for everybody. One study had healthy participants give a speech in front of a panel of judges while being monitored in a laboratory. They were then asked how they felt. While many remained calm, several were left feeling angry and anxious. These participants showed increases in interleukin-6, a marker for inflammation. This could help explain why some people with high levels of stress experience chronic health problems. In others, stress can bring out impulsive and addictive behavior. The stress response and drug reward pathway have similar neural circuitry. For example, cocaine stimulates many of the same systems that are activated during stress. 
Individuals who are addicts often display abnormal HPA axis activity. A reminder that the HPA axis stands for hypothalamus pituitary adrenal axis, which is our body's central stress response system. There are sex differences as well. Researchers have found that males may withdraw and turn inward, and females may seek out support. This response might have to do with how the brain sees faces. Under acute stress, men show decreased activity in the part of the brain that helps them decipher facial emotions, like whether someone is angry or sad. But in women, the opposite was true. Meanwhile, stress and depression can ride side by side. One study found that, unsurprisingly, job insecurity contributed to increases in home stress, which was then associated with increased anxiety and depression. Another study measured cortisol levels in clinically depressed and non-depressed participants. They found that the baseline levels of cortisol were very similar, and when you put the two in a stressful situation, there was a similar spike in cortisol levels as well. What was different was those with depression had much higher cortisol during the recovery period, essentially meaning that when you are depressed, the effects of stress can linger for much longer. Hey friends, I want to tell you about a podcast that I think you're going to love. It's called Science Versus. When it comes to controversial topics, there's a lot of opinions, angry uncles, and Facebook posts. But then there's science. Science Versus is the show that finds out what's fact, what's not, and what's somewhere in between. Like, how worried should you be about plastic straws? Can essential oils really make you feel better? And should you go vegan? It's honestly one of my favorite podcasts in the whole wide world, and I'm not just saying that. You can find Science Versus wherever you get your podcasts. Just search Science VS in your favorite podcast app. All right, so we're going to have a little go-off section on stress because who needs it, who wants it, right? We don't need it anymore. <laughs> we don't need it, and we're going to tell you all the reasons why we don't need it. We don't and need then, it anymore. following that, we're going to come up, we have a list of some of the best ways to deal with stress and anxiety that scientifically, we're going to go Scientifically. Scientifically proven or, you know, with, backed up with scientific We've evidence. done many a video on how to deal with stress. Mm, That's so, why we're never stressed. So, where do you want to start, Greg? Like, usually we have a debate section, but we're just going to okay. rip into stress. Stress? We don't need you. Fight or flight, okay? That means to fight or to flight. That's like from when we were hunter-gatherers. If we saw a cheetah, I would need said thing, right? Because if I see a cheetah, I'm going to probably fight it because they're really fast, right? Well, uh, I'm not going to run. Yeah, like, so, well, you're going to try to run. And I, need, <laughs> I need the adrenaline. I need the... It's I like need the great, blood to my muscles. Great time to have some stress. Exactly. Great time. But know what I have never seen in my life except behind a perfectly human-made barrier? A cheetah. Yeah, so, except unless it's like a tweet. And it's like that's where most of my stress comes from is the internet, which I don't need to run from. Oh, oh I see what you mean. You're like, oh, okay. I was like, where are we going with it? I'm like, you tweeted a cheetah? I don't get it. But okay, you mean like your stress comes from not animals attacking you. Yeah, and it's you. like, do I really need to have like my stomach drop my like eyes dilate and my sweat go amok just from looking at a tweet like I don't need that I don't need this stress it is not functional it's like a vestigial organ and stress you can go away just like we don't need our appendix we don't need our wisdom teeth what about our little baby toes it's like all these things are mixed in with stress and we don't need that in our life also okay 80% of adults in the US suffer from daily stress right that is ridiculous again we don't need stress we're saying it here one more time we don't need it I know that maybe we need it so that like we get stressed near a cliff and we don't walk off yeah, I'm cliff. into stress at 
at that moment. No, but you know what? I actually think I'm smart enough to know to not walk off a cliff. I don't think I even need stress <laughs> in that moment. I think if I saw a cliff, I'd be like, okay, I think if I walk off that, I will fall to my death. I know gravity will make me die. It's like, I'll just use my brain. My brain. I'm smart enough. I don't need to have a full-on panic attack exactly all the time. I don't need to have a panic attack when I see someone from high school and I think that I have to talk to them. And you know? like, on top of that, just stress of our everyday lives actually like damages our blood vessels blood and arteries. arteries. It oh, like, whoa, inc- whoa, uh, what else? Whoa. It's um, like we have notes here. Um, it increases um, your blood pressure. It raises the risk of heart attacks and strokes. It's like, this is so silly. Like, okay, it makes sense, right? Like you said, when we're like actually in fear of death. But my day to day stress is like, ah, I have so much work to do. It's not going to kill me, but, like, my stress is making it kill me. How ironic is that? Like, our stress was designed to prevent us from dying, and now it's causing us to die. It's causing diabetes, decreasing our immune system. Susceptibility to colds. Illnesses, allergies, even cancer, GI issues. You name it. Sleep issues, fertility issues, depression, memory problems. This is what stress is causing all of us to have. And again, we don't need it because all we do is sit around and type on computers. We (laughs) barely move. If a bus hits us, a bus hits us. You know what I mean? Like, it's not like I have time to even be stressed about that. A bus is just going to plow me over. I don't need this physiological response anymore because I haven't fought or run from anything ever except my own problems. So let's just take a moment to have a eulogy for stress because we're kicking it out of our lives right now. Everyone listening. We are Lamarckian theory getting rid of stress. We're getting rid of it right now. We're, we're getting rid of it. We're going to decide. What did you mean by that? Like, because <laughs> obviously we have to evolve away from stress because we don't need it anymore. But just Lamarck, like, we're going to just decide. Right. We're going to push our necks up. Doing. We're going to get long necks. Do you not understand Lamarck? No, we'll I, didn't understand, about I didn't understand the, the uh, allusion to stress. But let's just, okay, everyone Do you not understand Lamarck? Are you I telling me you don't understand Lamarck? Oh, girl. I know Lamarck like he's my best friend. Don't even Wow, because I'm more of a Darwin guy, but whatever. Yeah, exactly. But um, what I mean to say is let's let go of stress. It doesn't really serve a very good function in our lives. So let's just say we don't need it. It's hurting us. Put it away until you're jumping off a cliff. Okay. So we know that the worst thing to ever say to someone if they're stressed is to do that. <laughs> oh, <To laughs> yeah. We literally not talked about stress. Uh, so, no, but it's, but what was successful was them realizing that the stress and anxiety specifically is actually not benefiting them because people who are, over anxious and stressed go through scenarios in their head because they think it helps them prepare for things so in a similar way knowing that stress is not a functional tool it it's actually to run away from a cheetah it, it hurts yes. you in the long run it makes you less healthy it makes you less not successful but in the moment of what you're trying to accomplish it'll make you less well successful it clouds your that. vision so, so yeah. in this way if you know that we're telling you to let go of your stress yeah but my point was that we need to actually give them some tangible okay. things to do because you can't just say don't be stressed. okay well let's yeah so but now you're allowed you know to, not to be stressed. you're allowed to address that stress is bad okay well let's start it with some tips then okay um i have i have number one are you okay if i go first yeah uh i say increased mindfulness oh my god i've so, never heard that one what's mindfulness? <laughs> you hear this a lot it kind of sounds hokey and like bogus but meditation and yoga and therapy have all been shown to reduce anxiety and research suggests that daily meditation might actually alter neural pathways making you more resilient to stress. after i do yoga i have something called yoga drunk where if anyone someone comes up to me and they say greg i'm gonna mug you i say mug me you know like <laughs> mug me take what wow money is a construct take it doesn't even matter how long does that last for you 
mm, an hour and a half. And then you're like, get away from me. After then I'm that. like, oh my God, I was just mugged. I Back hate off, everyone. Get your own sandwich. Yeah. Um, yeah. Do you, do you practice mind- mindfulness? Nope. Um, yeah, okay. no, me either. <laughs> but like I, in the few times that I have, like it works. And then it's one of those things that's like, why? Don't I was I so spiritual often. in high school. I remember I used to like meditate. I had a fountain beside my bed, which my mom <laughs> broke anyways. But that's another story. She also bought me it. So whatever. But I was so sad. I was like, you literally broke my mindfulness. But I used to meditate every night. I was so spiritual. And I, I would. Me- I, would- I mean, you don't have to be spiritual <laughs> to be mindful. Like mindfulness oh. is ne- like, I mean, maybe maybe for some people they're similar in the same thing. But to me, mindfulness is just taking that time to like slow down, be like. Like be grateful. Like be- I want to have that voice. You know, people who are mindful and they're just like, "Hello." Like I feel like people who are mindful are like, "Let's do some mindfulness." For and sure. I love that voice. I want that voice. That's a nice voice. But what I would say is that puts some people off. But I would, I would just say people who probably don't meditate. No, that's true. But I would say not. Ev- you don't have to be that version of mindfulness to get the benefits. <laughs> but I want of to it. be. But I'm not talking to you. I'm talking oh. about the other reasonable people here, Gregory. Okay. That you can just take your time. Have even if it's five minutes every morning where you just kind of sit and think through like why things are good and just kind of focus and zone out. I think that's good. I love a zone. I wish I'd try that. All right. Um, Okay. Number two, this one's easy and it works. It's deep breaths. Okay. So when stress hormones are released, exactly just like that, you, when stress hormones are released, you experience physical symptoms such as a faster heartbeat. Thank you. Fight or flight. Thank you. Adrenaline. Thank you. Cortisol. No, thank you. But I mean, that's what makes your heartbeat faster. You breathe quicker again to get oxygen to your muscles. So you can fight a cheetah. You have constricted blood vessels. Same reason, but deep breathing exercise actually help activate the parasympathetic nervous system, which is the opposite of the sympathetic. Sympathetic is the one that goes into hyperdrive when you're stressed. Parasympathetic is the rest and digest one. So it helps you get into that parasympathetic mindset literally neurologically which controls the relaxation response and counters the effects of stress by slowing down your heart rate and lowering your blood pressure so this one is very easy deep breaths mm-hmm. is something that i do do before but do you think maybe you could combine it with your mindfulness because i feel like people just don't think it's unless no, you but make this it a one's, routine this one's good for like because i do comedy now Okay. About to go on stage, like you just like, kind of yeah, slow down. I don't want to be like mindful. Breathing. I'm trying no, to be. Okay, fair, it's like I'm right. gonna deep breathe. Yes, and my body actually like you start to feel so much more relaxed. You get on stage, you're less stressed. This one's good before like a job interview, that kind of stress. Well, I would say it's good long term as well. Like that definitely is a useful one right before you do something stressful, like an exam. But I've also heard that not to promote smoking. Yeah, I don't believe in it. But breathe, people yeah. who smoke deep breathe a lot more, so they they carry a lot less tension in their shoulders and neck than people who don't smoke. Because yeah, I, I've noticed like I don't deep breathe a lot, but sometimes I think about that night. I go, oh geez, I should be doing this. And I think if you practice it on a regular basis and just you know every time you think about it, just give yourself some deep breaths, you'll be maybe a little less anxious throughout That's the day. That's why yoga is also great because it forces you to deep breathe. That's true. Just to think about it and to be. Oh my god, conscious. maybe we're stressed because we stopped going to yoga. Okay, whoa. Okay, signing up for yoga right now. What is the next one? All right, number three. This one tickles my fancy. It is adopt a pet. Or like have a pet. It if you have, have the be. means, if you have the means, of this course, is maybe the you financial have financial stability. Of course, maybe you have access to seeing or visiting Foster a, pet a pet, or becoming a dog walker, or yeah. like you don't necessarily have to own it yourself because that, to be honest, in and of itself, can give you a lot more stress in yeah. other ways. So, what, or you're on the street, you say. Hello, Mrs. Yeah, or in the park, Mr. Can I say can hi I pet to your, your dog? dog? Um, and so interacting with pets has been shown to release oxytocin, which is a brain chemical that promotes a positive mood. And research does suggest that dog owners, as an example, are less stressed than their populist counterparts. I think that's true. Now that I have a dog, 
when I am stressed and I see this little being looking at me, I'm like, you're so simple. Truly. Yeah. Like the amount simple. of times I feel like you're so cute. Like just that feeling of like, wow, oh, I love you so much. That feeling has never gotten less with a dog. And But then other times when it barks when I don't want it to, I want to pick it up and throw it out a window. <laughs> Stop saying it. It's his name is Ernie. Gender neutral. It's um No, I think that it's a good it's a good point to know. Obviously animals and pets can cause more stress, but there's a, an element of them that I think is like a mental type of And pet of therapy. owners can relate to the and therapy. Many aspect. people uh, have dogs that are therapy pets yeah. because they're there for them. And, and some of those dogs are trained to be therapy pets. So not any pet can be a therapy pet. But our dog is a therapy pet for us for sure. Absolutely. Yeah. And if you're, even when I'm alone, I'm never alone. I always have someone to love and look at and smile at and kiss, you know? All right, Greg, what's but next? But sometimes I'm like, Ernie, do you understand death? And I don't <laughs> think he does. Um, okay. So the next one is people. The next one is people who would understand death, friends and family. So a dog can only do so much, you know, it's a simple being, but friends and family, they're complex. They have the same beautiful, large, billowing, raveled brains that we have. So we can connect to them in a different way. And so Mm -hmm. being part of a friend network is extremely important. Um, So you got to get some friends. Everyone can. There's people out there for everyone. Gives you a sense of belonging and self-worth, which can help you in tough times, obviously. Confiding in a friend or a family. One study found that women, in particular, spending time with friends and children helped release oxytocin, the cuddle hormone, as it said, (laughs) which is a natural stress reliever. And this effect is called the tend and befriend effect, which is the opposite of fight or flight. Tend and befriend. Yeah. So so when you're feeling that fight or flight response, you're feeling stressed, you're feeling the blood pumping. Go tend and befriend. Call a friend. I, Something that doesn't happen anymore. People don't call each other anymore. If my mm-hmm. phone rings, I don't pick it up. I need to pick it up. I truly don't pick it up. I'm like, I will listen to the voicemail because I have anxiety over it. And all my friends are like, you're so addicted to your phone. Like, when are you not around your phone? If I'm it's calling like you, look, you can I'm see looking at calling. it. Yeah. I have to admit something. I think this is maybe a problem. I've listened. I think there was a Hidden Brain episode about it's much harder for men to have those intimate types of relationships. Even though I get, I'm a gay man, I find when I'm stressed, I actually become more of an introvert. Like in, it's, I've noticed it's that about much, you. It's much harder for me. I feel, I guess, vulnerable. And as a result, I don't want to see my friends. But then when I do, when I'm pushed to for whatever reason, like say I have to go to an event where it's with friends. I'm always happier after. I always go like, thank yeah. God I went to this I event. I feel like that's not gen... I mean, I can see the hidden brain said that, but I Maybe am you're the right. opposite. When I feel stressed, I, that's when I need friends. Like Sometimes I feel bad because... I know, for example, I don't pick up my phone, but like I do, but like I don't. But like when I am stressed is when I would call people that I sometimes feel bad that I feel like my friends who I know who I can rely on, who I would call would pick up and be like, oh yeah, of course. Now when you, you know what I mean? Now when you need something here, like I definitely tend to befriend is one that I definitely live by. But I know that in you, but I don't know if it's like, you know what I mean? Like it's different Um, in the way you were raised or other things like that. I, I just think it, it's a mix of like knowing yourself and and then what your desires are. So you know yourself, you need it, and then your actual desire matches that. Mm-hmm. But everyone th- does need it, but it's harder exactly. for you. Exactly. So yeah. I think I know I need it, but then my desire pushes me, like my natural He's afraid instinct, of vulnerability. It, it might be that. I don't know why. I just always been thinking like, I just have to like work through this myself. But yeah, anytime I see friends. Well, we're even, taught that it's bad. Even, even if I don't talk to my friends about it just being around people yeah. makes me feel so much yeah, better yeah because they're gonna make but you I can't your under- troubles feel small you know, sorry sorry to ramble about this but you know when it's like why you learn a lesson over and over and over but for some reason it doesn't stick that's one of them for me but you every are every time I you, see friends you, I feel better but then every time I'm stressed or anxious I my instinct has never rerouted to go see friends because well uh, we are in couples therapy and so we're learning a lot about each other it's great everyone should go to it but <laughs> you are an emotional person 
So I think that's what happens is your emotions can get carried away. And so when you are upset, you're speaking rationally now because you're not upset. But when you are upset, you will become irrational. And that's the hardest part for people. You have to remember this. Like this is science. Like it's Mm -hmm. if you are stressed, these things work. Like and I sometimes I know my issue is that whenever you're upset, I'm like, I'm going to be pragmatic. Okay, not to compare (laughs) me to Barack Obama, but but you to Michelle Obama. No, but recently because I love that Michelle Obama has been on a press tour because like obsessed, like she's the coolest person in the world. So she's been trying to promote her book and she was talking about her relationship with Barack Obama and how everyone's like hashtag relationship goals. But she's like, it's so hard. Mm -hmm. And she said that if you're in a relationship for 50 years and 20 of them are good you're doing something right like that was so cute but she said that her same thing michelle obama is extremely emotional she's upset she needs to be left alone barack Mm -hmm. obama me is extremely pragmatic he says okay well this is what you need to do Mm -hmm. these are pragmatic things you need to do but it's okay if you're upset to understand that sometimes you're an emotional person that's who you are it's hard but if you can get to this but that's the crux of the problem for people like myself who are emotional is that even though I know these will work, your emotions, like, it's so hard to fight against But them. then give yourself the time and then call that's friends in true. an hour. Yeah, that's true. For anyone out there that feels this way, I guess that's the answer. It's like, it's okay to have your alone time when you calm down because it takes me a while to calm down from being upset oh, about something. Oh, boy, does it ever. <laughs> Don't go in the room when <laughs> he's upset. Then, but then I'm able to, like, yeah. view it in a new way yeah. and, as long as you give yourself that time. Okay, number five is write it out. So keeping a journal has actually been shown to relieve stress as well due to its meditative and reflective effects. So like a gratitude journal, I kind of mentioned it before with mindfulness, but it's that idea of just taking the time, writing down your thoughts, putting it out there. It really is just like spending the time. I think the biggest problem is that with stress, anxiety, with so many problems in our life, life is so fast that you just forget to put time. That's I remember I, like leadership programs like when we were I mean, I was in high school back when I was meditating to Radiohead's Kid A with a fountain beside my bed. I also was in programs where they were like, you need to journal. And I I'm sometimes like I'm so envious of how like freaking smart I was when I was young. But you know what I mean? It's because I was actually actively playing with this idea of life and journaling and meditating and I felt so connected Mm. to like the world and I thought oh it's because I didn't have a prefrontal cortex yet and I was young and my brain wasn't developed but it's like no maybe when we're young we're so much more in tune with things for a variety of hormonal reasons but like it feels good to do it yeah and like now I'm like when could I journal it's like get off my effing phone and journal like I yeah, loved I journaling when I, I was younger. I don't journal either. I've, I've never journaled. It's the, it actually, like, it really, it helps put things into perspective. When you write out things about your life, it can really also help you be like, yeah, those big deals seem small when you read them on paper. When you reflect on things that have stressed you out, you start to, like, talk through them in a way where you're like, oh, my God, that was so in my head. I wonder if it's, another alternative, because I'm just thinking, like, I don't love writing things down, that maybe just recording little voice notes to your yourself or just talking out loud through your problems because i think sometimes even the benefit of therapy is that like you could have a bad therapist i've had a couple not a couple but like i've had ones that i didn't feel were that effective but even just the act of being somewhere and talking out loud through my problems was like a useful tool that kind of matches that's what you do but that's what friends and family like friend to be friend is too you just you talk to people you talk about your issues you start to walk through your own problems and Mm -hmm. go like oh now that i'm speaking out loud it's so much easier to objectively look at this and and feel good that i've just got it out there so the last one is one that I do all the time, but you have to be careful because sometimes it can lead to whoop, panic attack. Um, <laughs> it's called zoom out. So it's when you think about your life 
it's a little bit nihilist, but you think, okay, if we zoom out of this world, out of this galaxy, out of this universe, I mean, into the, you know, expanse that is space, it starts to make your problems feel very small. So if you're, this is another one I do for like comedy, for example, or for a really scary interview or a specific, like we're about to go live on a TV show. It's like, okay. Let's zoom out. This doesn't matter. Even the worst case scenario, this doesn't matter. This is fight or flight. This is literally cortisol. This is ACTH. This is what's happening. These are hormones. It's biological. I'm just a little measly animal (laughs) on this big world. Relax. And it can help me sort of have like a confidence on stage, for example, as opposed to being like, oh, my God, this is such an important thing. There's people here who are going to judge me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's, it's decreasing the stakes. But if you zoom out too far you might be like, what's the point in life? So you yeah. got to come back <laughs> from that. And that's a, ba- that's a delicate balance. That's a little game of ping pong that we're playing well, all the time. you could even zoom out to the stake of your own life. Like there's so many moments that I thought were so significant in my life. And it's not that they weren't, but in the grand scheme of things, if they had gone bad, if they had gone really great, it wouldn't like make or break my life. There's very few moments in your life, unless they're like a dangerous moment where you could hurt yourself severely. I feel like very few things in your life are going to destroy your life forever so just kind of stepping back even if it's not to the scale of the universe but to the scale of like look this one the room in my life room. is is important to me right now yeah. but it's not always oh, going yeah. to be my life and my i'll life. laugh at it in the future or i'll cry at it but that's okay that's <laughs> another thing i used to be so good at i feel like like me and my one of my best friends ali we were so good just laugh Whenever I'm in an uncomfortable situation, get excited, get, yeah. excited yeah, get excited to laugh. Get excited to laugh. Yeah, you told me that once. That stuck with me sometimes where it's like, even when you're in a situation that is so crappy, just remember how I've lost eventually that. you will be able to turn this into a really funny story. I was so much funnier before I Kind of like science. Bangladesh. Like, yeah. It's like in that moment, it's scary, but you go, this is going to yeah. become the best story ASAP Science we're has forget. messed with us. It's made everything so serious and scary because the stakes true. seem so high because there's so many people. Okay, yeah, we need to take these notes in. I know. Because it is true, like every moment, every video feel but then always in the past or sorry, in the future you're like that wasn't a big deal. No, it doesn't the next days have science videos literally we're just gonna be like Whatever, man. Like, we're like, let's not even edit it. You know what I mean? Just put it on paper. Let people see the process. Honestly, I'm at that point right now that you're going to see some weird videos coming out because I'm like, whatevs, whatevs. Different episode, but the algorithm is insane right now. Who cares? Who cares? Mm-hmm. Who cares? Okay, so we hope that you took something from that. Yeah, hopefully One thing that was useful. We definitely want, because these are the ones that we stuck out to us, hashtag side note podcast. Let us know how you deal with stress because yeah. I, 2019 is going to be the year of meditation, the year of, you know, relaxation, the year of fight or flight disappearing, the, mm-hmm. the year of rest and digest, tend and befriend, becoming the adjectives that I use every day. And I want some more s- skills from you. Yeah, I would love to see that too because it's always easier to take it from someone else. Like it's easy to give advice, but it's hard to take it your own advice. So I would love to see other people's tweets. So what actually shine works, a what mirror actually on us? Works. Yes, give us that mirror so we can evaluate ourselves. And I just want to improve. I'm sure everyone else does. I'm and saying it now. I'm deleting Instagram. I'm deleting Twitter. That's a full I'm deleting ASAP Science on YouTube right now. Bye guys. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Right. Thank you so much for listening. We hope this was useful. We hope it was fun. Stress is stressful, but it can also be funny if you look at it in the right light. And hopefully it's given you some stress release, this podcast. Um, yeah. If you want to follow us, it's at Mitchell Moffitt and at Will Watch Me PLZ. You will hear from us next week with a new controversial subject. Oh, I can't wait for next week. It's going to be good. Yes. All right. Thanks so much. And we'll see you next week. Mm. Bye. Bye. 
Witness history at Roland Garros, where old rivalries meet new talent on the clay battleground. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled access as the world's top players in tennis face off to see if the veterans maintain their dominance or if a fresh face rises to challenge them. Daily live coverage of the French Open begins Monday, May 20th. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger, feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volur XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you.